This is For the Neighborhoods and Nations, a podcast of the Church of the United Brethren in Christ. My name is Brian Biedenbach, and I'm here with Bishop Todd Fetters. Good morning, Brian. For this first season of the podcast, we're diving into a series of conversations focused on the eight core values that serve to define and unite United Brethren churches around the world. Today's conversation is a high-level overview of those core values where you will learn what they are, where they come from, and why they're so significant. Let's jump right in. Todd, is man, we've been talking about doing this for a while. Yeah, we I'm have. really excited to sit down across from you and really have these conversations. The day has finally come, and I hope I'm ready for it. <laughs> I think you're ready for it. I'm ready for it. So before we get into the conversation today, Todd, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, Brian. Well, I my name's Todd Fetters, and and uh, I've had the privilege of being uh, the bishop for the United Brethren in Christ since 2015. Uh, I've been a pastor in the United Brethren in Christ prior to that for about 25 years, six and a half uh, at Lakeview Church in Hillsdale, Michigan, mm-hmm. and uh, 18 years uh, at Devonshire Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and. Um, uh, then had an opportunity to come to the national office as the national ministries director. And so that rounds out professionally what I've done, but it's always been within the United Brethren in Christ. So being yeah. able to serve uh, a denomination that that I've known all my life is just a, a, a great honor. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, who am I? Yeah. Uh, I am the uh, I'm the lucky husband of Lisa, and I am the proud dad of two boys, Jordan and Quinn. And um, both both making their way in the world. Jordan's just left CBU Cal Baptist in Riverside, California, to start a job in Indianapolis with Indiana Sports Corporation. And uh, Quinn is uh, uh, moving his way toward a wedding uh, yeah. in June, and we couldn't be happier for yeah. both our sons. That's exciting. That's exciting. So a little bit about myself. Um, My name is Brian Biedenbach. I've been part of the denomination since 2003 when I moved to Fort Wayne and served at Emanuel Community Church, first as the director of middle school ministries, pastor of middle school ministries. And I currently am now serving at Living Grace Community Church. I serve on the leadership team and do some preaching and teaching and training and things there with our pastor, Jason Holliday. So uh, it's been a fun ride as part of the denomination in the various capacities I've been able to serve as a as a pastor, as a preacher, as a teacher at times at national conference and yeah. at pastor summits, which has been a lot of fun. I actually served on the the youth ministry team cool. for a number of years and helped put together the youth summits, which I really miss. Those were good times. But again, and legendary. Yes, the, they they were legendary. Yeah, I don't know what you heard, but no. they were legendary. <laughs> I've, I've heard enough to think I, I, I would have enjoyed being okay. part of those things. All right, then then I'll claim those yeah. one, those then. Uh, but as you mentioned, at the end of the day, um, I am a husband, I'm a father. Um, my wife is Amy, and uh, I've got three kids that yeah. one graduating, getting ready to go to college next year and play some volleyball. Yeah. I've got a son that plays basketball and another son that plays soccer. So we're running around busy Sports all the time. Dad. Sports dad, yeah. Wow. For sure, for sure. And everyone in the family is rooting for our Bengals this year. So I know that resonates with you a little bit. Well, the folks listening to us, uh, that 
they might not know that, but it's it's uh, you got two Bengal fans uh, sitting here trying to talk about important spiritual and religious matters while you know we we know there's a playoff now that that we're in. Yeah, and, we're checking our Twitter feeds in between episodes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brian, before we get too far into it, I do want to say, from our standpoint as a denomination, love the fact that you're you're. You're serving the Lord in the capacity that you are with mm. Youth for Christ. And when I think about our our ministers, you know, individuals who come through our credentialing process and serving in local churches, typically, yeah, uh, that no longer are, uh, but they're serving in the broader evangelical community. I just think it's awesome, and I love knowing that guys like you and Roger Vizzo serving Youth for Christ, and and then we have some other people with UB roots. Uh, and, and heritage serving at, at the National Association of Evangelicals and, and some in, in universities and seminaries. I, I love that, we, that we're out there in the broader evangelical community. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, I love the, the connection I still get to have uh, as I serve in various places with the denomination is kind of my, my grounding, uh, the, the place where I call home. And so I'm excited about this conversation yeah. uh, and this series of podcasts about our core values. Before we get to those core values, though, neighborhoods and nations. That was a phrase uh, introduced at National Conference in 2015 um, as I was uh, taking the stage uh, to speak that day as, as the interim bishop. I just wanted it to be abundantly clear that, that, that we are going to be about what we've always been about as United Brethren people, and that is, yeah, we have a, a, a passion, a, a desire to reach um, people in the places where we live, work, learn, and play. But even beyond that, we've always been a, a global movement in that regard where we've had a heart for people, a heart for the nations because mm. God has a heart for the nations. And, um, and so it just seems right to say, you know, for the neighborhoods and the nations, when you look at our, just even here at, at the United Brother National Office, our, our team, uh, with, um, you know, uh, with our UB Global team, that that's you know we, we like to talk about strengthening and starting churches or strengthening yeah. churches to start churches through the emphasis of our national team of directors. Um, but we also are sending, yeah. right? We're sending through our UB Global uh, office right next team. door, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's nice to know that that I'm in a place uh, with people that are committed to serving uh, both the neighborhoods and the nations. Yeah. I think it plays into what you just shared earlier about having United Brethren people who aren't serving local churches specifically mm-hmm. that are serving in other evangelical contexts right. um, in around the country and around the world. So we're going to be talking about our core values. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have a series. Um, each episode beyond this one is going to be about one individual core value. Today, we're just talking about all of them. And it's not going to be a long episode. No. We're just going to kind of hit kind of high points of each of these core values. What are the core values, Todd? And let's let's start there. Yeah. What are the core values? Can you list those off for us? Yeah, so there's eight core values that we as United Brethren share, not just in the neighborhoods, but among the nations. Yeah. So wherever there is a United Brethren presence, wherever there's a United Brethren church, these core values come into play. And, uh, and so there's eight of them. 
And uh, the first one is, and I don't know that these are building off of each other. Um, uh, they just are. They just are. They just are. And we'll talk about how they came to be in just a minute. Absolutely. For sure. So we, one, uh, one is we adhere to the confession of faith. We respect unity amidst diversity. A third one, we seek the lost. Fourth, we demonstrate social concern. Another is we preserve our Christian witness. We protect the family. We esteem each other. And last but not least, we link with the larger church. Okay. And so as we were talking about that, those are those are big statements in just a few words. Yeah. Right? And so there's an entire document that's tagged along with these. And yeah. so those are really just summary statements, which is why mm-hmm. we're going to get into each one of these and unpack the whole core value in future episodes. So as you think through those, or as you just read those off, the eight of them, is there anyone, and I'm just going to throw a question at you, is there anyone that really stands out to you as something that you really gravitate towards uh, personally or as a the church leader or even when you were a pastor? I, you know, I, I think... For me, I've always had a special place in my heart for our confession of faith. Yeah. And I know we'll talk about that more at length, but, you know, this is, that's the document that's been around the longest, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. it was, um, I mean, in the 1790s is when it, it first got fleshed out. It was, it was 1815 in which it, it became more of um, an organizational document. Yeah. Um, and it hasn't changed ever since. Wow. Um and you know there there might be there might be some questions as to why um but it works for us. Yeah. And it's our line in the sand. It is this is what we believe about the triune God, about Jesus, about the church, about the Holy Spirit, the Bible, the ordinance of baptism and yeah. and uh and communion. And so for me it's important to understand where we align our hearts and our heads when it comes to our orthodoxy, yeah, you know, um, and that's who we are. We're orthodox in in that regard, and that and that document has been has been helpful for our our unity for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I think as you know, culture shifts and changes, and you know, little things here and there, and our methodologies and whatever change. The confession of faith mm-hmm. is the thing; it's the foundation uh, that the rest of that should be filtered through Mm -hmm. really, right? So yeah, that's interesting. I'm excited to get get into that conversation in a future episode. But so that's the, so the confession of faith Mm -hmm. has been around since 1815, Mm -hmm. I think you said. The core values though themselves, the rest of these have not been around all that long. Talk about where those came from and why they were put together in this format. Yeah. Well, the core values... Um, are relatively new compared to a constitution that was developed in the 1840s, a a confession of faith, and 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 the and the earliest disciplines were were back in the early 1800s, but a confession of faith around 1815. The newness of the core values uh, had it, there was a catalytic moment in the 1990s that brought the core values into play. And they came into play over a period of about 10 years of wrestling with the implications of this catalytic moment. And the catalytic moment had nothing to do with the U.S. It had everything to do with another country and how they understood 
and wanted charitable organizations to to operate. And and so Canada, where we had a presence and have a presence, uh, Bishop uh, Brian Magnus is is the bishop. At that time, he was the superintendent of, okay. a, of a couple years. And so what Canada basically decided was, and Brian would say this far more eloquent than I would, <laughs> um, and and probably much more accurately. If if I get down into the weeds, that's where it's going to get crazy. But but Canada basically said, our charitable organizations need to be. Uh, run by Canadian leaders, okay. and that your your organization is not going to be a branch office for some other organization in some other country. And so, really, what that did is it it, it really changed now the face of the United Brethren in Christ, or the structure of the United Brethren in sure. Christ, where it became, you know, just the United States with lots of mission outposts. Or conferences around the world, whether it be the Sierra Leonean conference reporting and accountable to us, mm-hmm. whether the Canadian conference reporting and accountable to the U.S. leadership, whether Honduras, all of that. Now it was Canada was saying, "No, you're gonna you're gonna have your own leadership, and you're gonna be accountable for that." And so what that did is it just it it raised a question. Now, okay, well if that's the wave. If if that's the wave that Canada has to 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 go, yeah. And we see that they're going to be their own, in a sense, denomination in Canada. Yeah. What unites us? Because it's possible that that's where that's all going to go anyway. And then by two thousand one, the decision was made by the General Conference to become an, a more of an international. So so, for instance, Honduras is its own. Uh, denomination. United Brethren, yeah. but they're their own entity. They're not under, in other words, they're not under the leadership or the authority of the of the U.S. bishop. Okay. I, I think and that's previously, the point. previously till what year did that happen? 2001. 2001. So previously they were mm-hmm. under the leadership of yes. even this, this office here yes. where we're sitting and recording. Yeah. Okay. And so now it operates more as... They have their own. Their own, own denominations that operate maybe more as a network with a... Mm-hmm document like this yes. that unites all of them. Yep. Yeah. And we'll be meeting um, in March as a global group yeah. in Jamaica. And uh, it's interesting, that group... Do we the, need a podcast there? From Jamaica? Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I, I've never been, so I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, so for Canada, that really was the catalytic moment that set that in motion. And so over the period of the next 10 years, that question kept coming to the fore, Hmm. is besides the confession of faith, what holds us together? Well, of course, our history can speak into that. So it was by 2001 that these eight core values were adopted at the General Conference of 2001. But I I want people to know that it came out of you know, about a decade of wrestling with, uh, having a different committee, pretty much a blue chip committee got together to, to wrestle through with that. And then I think in the, in the two, three years leading up to that conference in 2001, uh, these, these core values came. Uh, actually, seven of them came to be approved at General Conference, and then there was a sense that, hey, there's, there seems to be something missing here. And an eighth one was added and adopted at that time. Okay. And uh, so for the most part, 
I think our listeners need to understand that the core values are relatively new. Now, um, the document of the core values, the but I think um, what you shared 10 years of wrestling, mm-hmm. but even in our conversation prior to this, before mm-hmm. we hit the record button, you talked about these things just kind of bubbled to the surface as he discerned what are the core values of our church, looking back over 200 years mm-hmm. of of ministry uh, and outreach and how we operate, mm-hmm. that these things kind of bubbled to the surface and they were more identified at that point than created. Yes. I, I love the fact that, you know, we had 200 at, at that point, yeah. we had about 235 years of history to draw upon to say, hey, when United Brethrens have been engaged uh, around the world in their neighborhoods and their nations, these seem to be the the outcomes. This seems to be the culture. This seems to be the ethos that drives us, and uh, and so there's there's your eight core values. Yeah, and so why are we talking about these now? It's early 2023, and we're recording. We're heading into a another national conference. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But why the core values now? Well, I I think the core values we're talking about them now because I've been thinking about them for a long time. Yeah, and you know I I look at our core values as 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 important to unifying uh, and staying unified as as a denomination. And so you know for me as I as I look at okay, well what what holds our churches together even here in, in the US mm. as we're impacting the nation neighborhoods. I understand these are the things that hold us together worldwide. but I, I feel like these are the core values that also hold us together, here, first of all, one uh, you know every local church that is united brethren in our denomination um, has signed a covenant, and one mm. of the first commitments of that covenant is that they they commit to uh, the confession of faith and the core values of the international church. So we've already signed on the dotted line to yeah. say th- these are our core values. This is. This is this is who we are as United Brethren. So I, I think that's important just to to keep in mind yeah. that we've already signed on that dotted line, so to speak. And and I think you know there's a lot of polarity, polarization in our culture right yeah. now. And and you know that can that can insidiously seep into a church and create you know factions or fissures or or divisions and. Um, you know that that keeps me awake at night. Yeah, and I just want to point us to absolutely the scriptures are a uniter. Um, Jesus Christ, we're found in Him. I, I say that's that's our address is Jesus, mm. right? The scriptures hold us together, um, and then I think on this horizontal level, the core values hold us together. Yeah, and or can hold us together, right? They may be more aspirational. Uh, than actual in some cases. But um, I, I want to point us to our core values because I think they're meaningful. Yeah, I think what you were just sharing there about Jesus being our unifier, he prayed for that, right? John yeah. 17, yep. Jesus unites us, but Correct. this is what unites us as a people, as a group, as a denomination. Right. Uh, a, a group of denominations around the world, as you pointed out earlier. Yeah, and so let me let me just restate and and emphasize that I've always, you know, when you think of our name, United Brethren in Christ, yeah, 
Unity is pretty important. It's in our name. Yeah. Now, it's not unity for unity's sake. It's right. unity that's found in a context, and uh, it involves real people. And, you know, so united, and then you have brethren, and there is that, you know, I, I understand it's an, a bit of an antiquated word, but I think it's a relational term, and that's what I love yeah. about that term. It's relational, and, and, and I think we understand that includes the whole body, right? Brothers and sisters. Yeah. But then the, uh, the location yeah. of, of these united brothers and sisters is very, very important to me, and that is that we are in Christ. In Christ. So that, so that whether I'm in Huntington or whether I'm in Hong Kong, I'm in Christ. And whether, you know, when I was in California and Lisa was in Huntington, we, we were together in Christ, mm-hmm. you know. Our churches in Michigan are in Christ. Our churches in Pennsylvania in Christ. I mean, wherever we are, we're found in Christ. And yeah. that's, very, that's very much the Apostle Paul. Yeah. And it's a context. So, so I just, I, I've said it often, I'll say it again. That's our address. Mm-hmm. If you want to know where United Brethren people are, our address is we're in Christ. And so our unity Amen. isn't just for the sake of getting along. Right. It's for the sake of, 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 of Jesus, because that's where we're found and honoring him. And it's for the sake of, of his mission of advancing mm. against the gates of hell, against the, the, the present darkness that, that we might experience in the, in, in the places around us. So, yeah. Our name is, is important Amen. to me in that regard. Amen to that, for sure. So I mentioned earlier, National Conference is coming, mm-hmm. and these may be setting the stage a little bit for National Conference, maybe not directly, but what's the connection between this podcast that we're doing now on the Core Values and what's coming at National Conference? Well, back to this word unity, we talk about gospel unity and mission as the three enduring commitments that we've been handed from our earliest founders of Otterbein, Bame, Newcomer, and that whole band mm-hmm. that started the movement of United Brethren in Christ, which, by the way, was their original name, right? Not Church of the United Brethren in yeah. Christ. They were known as the United Brethren in Christ. Um, and so I, I, I love that. And, and so for us... This idea of the gospel, unity, and mission, I'm always looking at assessing, you know, those those three commitments. Yeah. How are we doing? And so I, I found myself just thinking a lot about unity in these days. Yeah. Um, of division and polarization. And I guess part of it is, hey, uh, on the watch that I've been given. Uh, to serve uh, as the bishop at this time, I, I want to make sure that I'm able to put voice to what unites us. And again, as I said, certainly Jesus Christ unites us. The scriptures uh, have words that, that, that help us in our unity, those much more vertical. And then there's this horizontal, yeah. uh, maybe extra biblical set of values that we have as a denomination through denominational people who've looked at our denominational mm. history said these are these are the eight the eight streams that have flowed through us yeah. and and what hold us together so 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 for me coming to national conference um, we're going to focus on unity the theme is come together uh, and when we think about coming together we think about come together in Christ right that's our location 
We think about come together in fellowship with one another. Now we're talking unity. And come together on mission, the divine assignment that we've been given that we talked about in National Conference 2019. The now divine I have assignment. The so- is now to- I have the song yeah, playing I in my head. <laughs> I, I have no idea if uh, if if Nate Han, who's going to be our worship leader, is practicing that or not. Um, but yeah, the the Beatles tune that that opening riff is probably uh, running through a lot of people's. That's probably about as far as you want to go because <laughs> right. my perspective of that song is it's just weird uh, when they start singing. I, I don't. I don't I don't understand it, I but I've never really, been a Beatles guy. I don't really know much more of it other than that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just some, some weird lyrics and probably fun, but yeah. I, I don't know much about it. Oh man. So as we look at look ahead a little bit, in our next episode, we're gonna be talking about the first core value, which is we adhere to the confession of faith, a document that's been around since eighteen fifteen and has changed little or none, if, none at all um in, in that time. And so Excited to get into that conversation. I think as we wrap this conversation up, what's what's a, an action step that maybe you would invite people into uh, as it relates to these core values? A very simple action step would be to um, f- you know either go to our uh, our website mm-hmm. uh, ub.org and look uh, under our international documents uh, and and just read them. I, I found just in reading them over the last couple of years, very helpful hmm. uh, to understand this is, this, is, this is who we say we are, and this is who we say we've been for all those years. And, and, um, and so getting familiar, not just with the, not just with the sentence, right? The yeah. sentence that says we adhere to the confession of faith, but there's there's a paragraph under that that is also con- that really is considered the core value. Yeah, it's not just the statement, but it's it's what comes with the the or it's not just the first sentence. It's the statement that comes with it. And so t- you, you go on and it says the United Brethren Confession of Faith, adopted in 1815, states the core doctrinal beliefs to which all United Brethren conferences, churches, and members must adhere. So just. Reading through and becoming familiar with the core values uh, would would be good. A second action step that I think would be helpful is I do this as as in my role is okay. How is what is is happening? How does that tie to our core value? I think when when you and Roger uh, presented on three story living at National yeah. Conference in 2021, I set up your whole segment. By saying, you know, throughout our 253-year history, we have had a core value that says we seek the lost. Yeah. That's why Brian and Roger are here. And I have a feeling for our pastors or our boards or people in our churches who are looking at the core values and they start looking at their, their outreach, their ministries, whatever – they're able to say, "Oh, this fits there." Yeah. This we're actually doing this. Yeah. And then when something comes in, maybe it's a threat or maybe it's it's a societal issue or whatever, maybe we can take some insight from here. Yeah. And, and that at least gets us thinking now uh, on how how do we fulfill this this core value, this this part of our ethos. Yeah, I love that. I think those are two really simple 
ways to look at, uh, take the conversation we've had today, put it into practice, put it into action this next week, next month, next months, leading yeah. up to our national conference, uh, where we'll no doubt talk about unity as we come together. Mm-hmm. Maybe not under the Beatles song. No. But, you know, I, the two words that you said earlier, actual and aspirational, mm-hmm. I think there's always, I think that's what plays in right here, is let's look at what's actually happening and how it's already tied to it, and let's look at aspirationally, good. what are these, what should these be leading us towards in this next phase of ministry? It's really good, Brian. Yeah, it's been, this has been great, fun conversation, good way to kick off this yeah. podcast for the neighborhoods and the nations. Stay tuned for the next episode, where we're going to dive into that first core value that states we adhere to the confession of faith. Uh, If you enjoy this podcast, we just encourage you to follow us, subscribe to the podcast so you can get the rest of the episodes as they're released. Thanks for listening.